Across the Netflix stream, I'm Ward. This is your resource for Netflix. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Cross the Netflix stream. Contact us. Let us know what you think, what you've seen, and what we should see. Go to our website to find all of our older episodes, written reviews, and Netflix news. Cross the Netflix stream.com. Also watched It 2017 and Brawl and Cell Block 99. It. A group of bullied kids band together when a shape-shifting monster, taking the appearance of a clown, begins hunting children. I was surprised. This is actually a really good movie. It's not good for being a horror movie, but it's legitimately good, and I did not expect that. I, you know, remakes remakes are usually just bad, because what they usually do is take a groundbreaking movie, copy it for scene for scene, and expect you to like it just because, hey, you like the original. Well, a lot of the times, what made the original cool was how groundbreaking it was. When you just copy it, well, you're not breaking ground. You're retreading ground, and that doesn't work. But I didn't expect this to be as good as it is. It captures nostalgia. It captures coming-of-age teen genre. And the conflict, of course, it's not someone moving away or someone graduating or unrecorded love, school bullies, which school bullies are a little bit into it, but they're not the main focus. In this, the conflict is a demented devil clown. And this does, it takes time to develop the characters from the horror movies don't generally do. Now, there are plenty of jump scares, but the solid foundation of the movie prevented it from feeling cheap. I mean, it's Pennywise. I kind of feel like jump scares are what this guy does. Sometimes, surprisingly, remakes can be awesome. And from the opening, this movie looks good. You start with this overcast sky, the colors are dim and gray. And then we see Georgie. He's in the basement. He's afraid. And a few scenes later, he's talking to a clown in a storm drain. And I, know, I guess you can write it off as well. You know, kids, they don't know they don't know better. They don't know. I mean, Georgie says, I shouldn't be talking to strangers. But he doesn't say, huh, it's kind of weird. This clown's in a storm drain. But he's young, so we'll let him have it. And, I mean, that scene's cool because we see Pennywise. We can just barely make out, like, the bottom half of his face. You kind of see, like, this strange, exaggerated clown smile. And from his nose up, it's completely dark. And you see his eyes, they're glowing bright. And I was not expecting brutality and the gruesomeness that's in this. But Georgie meets a gruesome demise. And that's the introduction of the movie. It's it's boy. It's set in the 80s. And this really pushes the nostalgia. You've got this group of misfits that end up banding together to fight the clown. The mood, it felt authentic. You get this real awkward high school feel. You get, you know, the crushes, the kids that, you know, they all kind of have this weird... Not all. There's a love triangle between two guys and this tomboy girl that's made fun of. And there's a nice banter. I mean, the kids kind of banter back and forth where it feels feels authentic. Now, the only problem I'd say with the characters is that there's seven kids, and that's at least two too many. They aren't all developed equally. And the movie just doesn't have time because we wouldn't have the patience for it. And you've got, I mean, I think four or five is a great number. This just has a few more than that. It's, and at 30 minutes in, I was impressed already. It's not just, oh, this is a pretty good horror movie. It's really good. I mean, horror movies are usually low budget, and they take some shortcuts. This doesn't. Good pacing, some nice moments for the characters as we develop them. Bill, who is George's older brother, he insists on helping Beverly clean her bathroom that's coated from floor to ceiling in blood from Pennywise. And it's a moment that pushes the potential crush triangle, because you've got Bill, who likes Beverly. You've got Ben, who likes Beverly. And... Beverly knows she has a secret admirer, and she's not sure which one of it it is. You've got the creepy clown. You also got creepy adults. Beverly's dad has given some serious child molester cues. It never comes out and says it, but it might as well come out and say it. One of the kid's moms is feeding him placebo pills, and it's just, I don't know. You've got this group of bullies that are maybe 16 or 17 that torture the 
town? How have they not been arrested? They do some heinous stuff. I mean, like cutting kids up with knives type stuff. I, I don't know. And I wonder if this was going to go into some twist with the bully. Just, we see a fair amount about him, and maybe he's going to do good or reform, or who knows? You know, Maybe, oh, he's a bully, but he's not as tough as he thinks when he faces Pennywise the Clown. And it does develop his story a little bit, but you don't feel any sympathy for him. It kind of, he has a bit of a twist, but I don't know. I mean, I'd say maybe we didn't need as much bully time. This has plenty of jump scares, but it's effective. I mean, this clown, he's unsettling. I mean, he just looks crazy. And yeah, the description of this movie is this shape-shifting monster. And yeah, I guess he does shape-shift. But every time we see Pennywise, he's a clown. In historical pictures that depict Pennywise, like the edges of the background, he's a clown. And you kind of wonder, was he really in these pictures? Or is this like some trick he's playing to where we just see him in all these pictures? I don't know. Because jump scares usually, they feel cheap. But it never did in this movie. I was surprised that it didn't feel cheap. I was I was surprised how good this is. It mixes teen drama, and it's the drama that drives through this. I mean, you could easily just make this jump scare after jump scare, and it would feel cheap because that's all we got. This movie has a lot of substance, and it mixes teen genre and horror, and it makes it unique. It's more than a cheap remake, and it's more than the usual high school romance. It combines those two things to great effect. I really enjoyed it. I couldn't believe it. Brawl and Cell Block 99. A former boxer turned drug runner must resort to using his fists to save his family. This is violent, it's gory, and it's relaying the story of a man that will go to any length to save his family. Vince Vaughn does an amazing job as a stoic protagonist. He's always got a quip at the ready, regardless of what's going on. And his power defies logic. I mean, he is brutal in this. It is. This is an amped up on the rails shooter. Shooter? I mean, fighter. Amped up on the rails fighter. Because it's got a destination, and we are headed that way. It never wavers. This crafts a character that I want him to succeed, and I'm, I want to follow him and see what happens. I mean, this isn't a new concept. Oh, I got to fight to save my family. But the attention to detail and the subtlety of how that develops makes this a real treat. I love this movie. And it's not enough to just kidnap his family. This provides some gruesome details of what will happen if he fails. And I've never heard anything like that in a movie. We get a feeling of where this brutal, relentless, and often horrifying tale is going to take us, but it will have you riveted until the end. This is this is written and directed by S. Craig Zaylor. First movie I saw of his was Bone Tomahawk. That's a 2015 movie. Man, I love that movie. That was one of my favorite movies I'd seen. I saw it in 2016. One of my favorite movies of that year. It was a genre mashup of horror and western bolstered by a direct, blunt story accentuated with really sharp dialogue. Based on that movie, I was like, whatever else Craig Zaylor, as Craig Zaylor releases in the future, I'm going to give it a watch. Bone Tomahawk has cemented that. And Brawl is a lot like, uh, it's a lot like Bone Tomahawk. A lot of those characteristics of a very a simple, direct story, sharp dialogue, and it's got a plot, a point it's driving to, and it doesn't waver. I mean, this has great details, quotable dialogue. Vince Vaughn is Bradley. Not Brad, Bradley. That kind of, that comes back a little, a few times. And it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's a neat little detail that is a little bit more amusing each time. And I liked it. So in one day, he's fired and discovers his girlfriend is cheating on him. He orders her, he goes home, figures it out, orders her inside, and he destroys her car with his fists. I mean, this guy is a beast of a man, but he removed his anger before talking to her. And I don't know if he could tear up the cars depicted. I mean, he, he like rips the hood straight off of it. I don't think he could do that. Maybe he could. I don't know. But the message is clear. This guy has some rage. And he knows how to use his fist. But he's self-aware enough to not fly off the handle at someone else. He knew he needed to calm down before he went and talked to her. So he 
he got out of the system and then he talked to her and talked to her calmly, sanely, and said, Hey, you know, let's see what we can let's see if we can work this out. Without a job, he goes back to drug running, something he said he'd never do. And he is the boss's top guy. And we see that in the way he talks to his boss. He talks to his boss as an equal, not as some lackey. Now his boss, he's trying to get into business with somebody else to make more money, because rich people always need more money. And he wants Bradley to go on to pick up with two of this other guy's unknown drug runners. Bradley doesn't know these guys. He'd rather avoid them. And he's got great instincts. You see his great instincts, but the boss gets him to agree to go with these two guys he doesn't know. And it's a really cool scene. You see Bradley and these two guys, they go to a boat. They're going to a pickup to get the drugs. It's underwater. And you see them. one of the guys dive underwater and get the trunk and come back. It's all kind of silent. Nice scene. And as they're leaving, Bradley gets the sense that this situation isn't right. He cuts bait and he starts to run. The other guys, they ignore him. You know, he tells them like, look guys, drop the drugs, get out of here. Something's not right. They ignore him. They walk into a shootout. Now, Bradley, he could have stayed out of it. He could have left. I mean, he was... He had dropped the drugs. He could have gone, not looked back. And he does. He goes back. It's not to help the two two associates because he doesn't trust them. He's there to help the cops. So he has some level of morality and he sacrificed himself to help. And you know he knew that was going to break bad for him. There's just no way you go in a showdown. Even if you're helping the cops shooting bad guys, you're still shooting people. And I always see Vince Vaughn as this affable goof. You know, like Wedding Crashers is a movie I absolutely love. I see Wedding Crashers Vince Vaughn, that's who I think he is. But True Detective season two really started to change my mind because I thought he was great in that. And the shortcoming was not his. It was the writing that left a little bit to be desired. It just was, I don't know, a little too sanctimonious, a little too pandering. He was good in that. He is committed in Brawl. He's an imposing figure. We get a lot of insight into him quickly. It's the first few scenes that give him a great foundation. We get an idea of who this guy is. We know why he's doing this. And it just had a little more depth than like the usual, oh, you got to save your family type movies that they just seem a little bit shallow. Bradley does go to jail. He's stuck in jail and he's got this, you know, to save his family, he's got to go to a maximum security prison and complete a job to help his family. So he he has to fight a guard so that he can get sent to a higher security prison. And man, that fight, it's no nonsense. It does get gruesome because we see he has some level of morality, but when it comes to protecting his family... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This guard has nothing to do with it. This guard is, in essence, innocent. He will go as far as necessary to just to get to the end. The means justify the end. He's a man who resigned to his fate. I mean, he didn't want to do this, but you know, if he has to sacrifice himself to save his family, he's going to do that. And I wonder if he ever stopped and kind of questioned, you know, what am I doing? Is this going to work, or is this guy just going to screw me over at the end? But he, it's a chance he has to take to save his family. He's got to do it. Because this movie, it's always going in one direction. Like, you know, he's headed to this job, and whatever gets in his way, he's going to crush it. Now, when he goes to the Max prison, the warden there is played by Don Johnson, who does a great job. And this prison, it encompasses the worst of every prison you've ever seen or heard about. I mean, yeah, the, from the way it smells to the, how small the rooms are to just how mean the guards are. Like Bone Tomahawk, this is gruesome in ways I've never seen. You begin to think that nothing good can happen in this movie. And the movie knows that. In a conversation between Bradley and his wife, towards the end, he knows his time is nearing, and she doesn't. And man, that's just brutal, because you, you feel the emotion Vince Vaughn is putting out there, and he does a great job. This has a very measured pace. It's methodical. It is precise. And it's one thing for the movie, <clears throat> it's one thing for a movie to kidnap somebody's family, but this twists into something obscene. Just the description of what will happen is rough. But it's the details that elevate this. Brawl isn't content to rely solely on kidnapping there's some gruesome reaper. You know, Bradley doesn't just beat up a guard and get sent to Max. I mean, he viciously breaks the guy's arm. 
his cell floor in the max prison it's not oh you know it smells bad small he's got like some mean roommate no no there's nobody else in his room but there's broken glass across the entire floor you think that deals some damage oh it does <clears throat> you know the warden he says he has no problem killing inmates we see him torture a ton of inmates and you have to imagine a prison like this would throw up some red flags and this is a hellhole of a place that just really ramps up the feeling of dread but again in this movie it is what it is and the conclusion of this it's bloody and gruesome and crazy i really enjoy this you need to check this movie out if you like i mean if you like this kind of movie i mean if you think this is a little too violent for you it probably is because it is gruesome but it's a good movie go to our website cross the netflix stream.com this is your portal to find us on social media our written reviews news previews and videos you can email me directly, ward at crossthenetflixstream.com. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Rate this, review it. I would appreciate it. I watch movies on Netflix so you don't have to.